Hi, I'm President Dennis A. Ertl. Thank you for joining us for the ninth episode of The Fireside Cast, the only presidential podcast in Upper Arlington. Today, we're in the WARL for a special episode with the advisor to Kicking It Live and public speaking teacher, Mrs. Fountain. Mrs. Fountain, thank you for joining the program. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Well, um, I'd, I'd like to start the episode um, talking a little bit about Kicking It Live. Could you give us a, a little bit of background knowledge about what goes into each and every episode? Absolutely. So I have a group of anywhere from 12 to 24 students. It depends every year. It's different. Uh, that their whole focus the entire school year is producing content for the weekly show that broadcasts live throughout the high school. It's streaming live on YouTube right now. Um, so I oversee all of that. So it requires them to think about, you know, what are current stories of the day, right? How do you tie that in and connect that with Upper Arlington High School students and the Upper Arlington High School community? So also teaching staff and that sort of thing. Um, they're also responsible for thinking about how they write their script. You know, I'm all about like that active voice, you know, making sure that it's engaging, uh, conversational in tone. And then I have to remember that they're high school students. Mm -hmm. So they approach it from a high school student's perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I oversee every week and it's a lot of fun. And about how much time would you say goes into every episode? Well, they have five class periods with me a week. And so those are, what, about 48 minutes long or something like that, give or take. Um, and then they're going to also be working outside of class as well. The kids are on a rotation where they're in front of the camera one week, and then other kids are behind it, and they'll flip-flop roles. And so their off weeks, they're supposed to start developing their story ideas that are going to be video content for the show, so those video packages. And so hopefully they're spending at least you know eight class periods in a two-week time devoted to developing that and then uh, time outside of school as well we have our news meeting days on monday mm -hmm. where we review the um, show from the previous week we talk about what needs to be improved um, areas that maybe we need to not only work on but really address um, as far as if there are any major issues that we had um, you know, celebrate what worked, and then look at, okay, so what's going on? You know, so we try to follow kind of that news cycle, like always being aware of what's happening, and kind of follow like a newsroom would if you're working in the real world. I see. And so with the new building, um, there will obviously be a, a new studio and um, new broadcast um, rooms in the new building. Um, do you have any information on what those might be? I do. It's super exciting. Um, it's very, very fortunate that the community supported this opportunity for students in our community and the school district and really listened to um, what different stakeholders had in mind and envisioned for the different parts of the building. Um, for the new WARL studio, <coughs> It will be a complex. Um, we tried to model it off of convergent media, meaning it's not just going to be old school broadcast, but it's that digital media age. So really pulling stuff together. So for instance, when I was an undergrad eons ago, there was broadcast journalism track, there was public relations track, there was print 
communications track or print journalism. Uh, there was advertising. So there were the, all these different tracks that you would follow, and that was your specialty. That was your expertise. But this new age that's been going on for a while, but we're stuck in a 19 however old building this is, um, has all been going to this digital convergence. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that the print journalism classes and the broadcast journalism classes here would work together. The, the advising teachers, Ms. Hemerly and I, would have the opportunity to work with our staff together to really um, develop things uh, more collectively or as like one unified team. Um, we will have um, a sound recording space specifically just for voiceover, so just real quick in and out, so small booth. Um, there will be a larger audio recording space. And my hope is that we will have a class that really focus and gives kids that opportunity to do that. But not only will that space allow you to podcast, but the vision was also, so we've got talented kids. Um, and we've got a talented community as well. So how can we make this really work? You know, it's all about making things work smart. And so we wanted to have a place where, are any of you musically talented? Oh, I, I used to be an orchestra, but other than that, no. Okay, so maybe you want to cut a track with some of your orchestra members, right? Have an orchestra band or group or whatever. Or maybe you, you, you used to be an orchestra, but now you rock it out on the drums or something, right? So maybe you want to pull other like-minded students together. We want to have a space where, sure, bring in some instruments. Let's work it, you know, how do we do this with our audio um, technology that we have? How do we master a track? So I would love to see that be a collaborative course that we teach, or at least a place for kids and clubs to come together and say, hey, you know, this is a passion I have, this is a passion you have, let's bring these things together and make something wonderful from it and have real authentic learning um, where there's an end product and an end audience. <laughs> so there'll be, a, there, there's so much, I mean, there's gonna be a, a, a TV studio um, and then it will have um, a window out. So the studio, people are walking down um, the main hallway they'll be able to look in as a production's happening. So right now we're just boxed in this space, but there would be a window so anyone walking by would be like, oh, the lights are on. Dennis is in there, Mrs. Fountain's in there, they're having a conversation. Like, oh, what's going on? And hopefully get people to pause and, and pay attention. So would those people be in the background of the show then? Um, the way it's designed right now, I suppose they could be. I see it more as if you've been down to COSI, mm -hmm. WOSU used to have a studio space down there. Mm -hmm. And you could walk up and see what they were doing, not necessarily interfering with a broadcast, but seeing like eyes in like, oh, this is how it works. This is what all the lights look like. This is what's going on in that space. Um, so I don't know that there would be live in the shot from the hallway, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that there couldn't be a live studio audience. Would there also be new equipment along with that? For example, new cameras or new sound systems in place? I believe so, yes. Um, not all the technical stuff has been talked through yet as far as details and specifics, mm -hmm. but the beauty of this opportunity that the community has enabled the school district to do is allowing us to look at how we teach and do communications within the building. And so 
there is a tech group of folks um, involved with helping the planning and decision making for it. But when we look at the space too, we're looking as this is something the district can use, right? So in the new building, we're going to have the administrative staff from central office here. So our superintendent will be in the new building, which is awesome. And so we could use that space for students to learn and actually maybe they're working with the superintendent, right? And the superintendent is recording a message to get out. Or the communications department at the district level could maybe even engage students in an internship basis, right? Where they're getting authentic learning and come together and work on projects. So there definitely will be new technology because technology is always changing. Um, and we've been fortunate that even the equipment we have in here now is only about five years old. The space is old. You know, if you pan around and look, you know, we've got beautiful old brown carpeted walls that are the same beautiful brown carpet as the floor. So that will obviously shift. Um, we have a TriCaster system now that we use, and I think we're still going to be using a TriCaster system in the new building. Mm -hmm. Our control room, I've asked for it to have Windows, typically in a control room, if you go into a professional setting, they don't have windows out because they've got the monitors to see everything. But I wanted to have windows both to the studio side, but also to the newsroom student side, so like their classroom learning um, side, so that there can be learning that they can see happening through those um, different spaces. And I can see it too, so there are sight lines, so you can go, oh, that's what they're doing. Um, and they can see that happen and not necessarily be in that space. Well, thank you very much for that information. I'd like to transition now mm -hmm. to uh, another topic. Sure. Um, last week, um, there, was uh, there was a pretty large storm in the Mediterranean with uh, a lot of flooding in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, as a matter of fact, about 80% of Venice was underwater. I saw. And uh, about 29 people died. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of scientists have tied this to the global climate change. What can we do to help combat global climate change? Well, I'm definitely not an expert. Um, I am somebody that's passionate about trying to minimize my impact when I can. But I also know that I'm making a dramatic impact on, a negative impact on just the lifestyle that I lead and many of us lead. Um, I do simple things when I can. So for instance, when I go to the grocery store, or when I go even to the mall, I always take my own bags in. Um, if I'm given a plastic bag, I find ways to reuse it. Um, and then I, this year, have started walking to and from school, which I absolutely love. I think if you can do it, I highly endorse it. I, it's been a gift to myself to have that think time, and I just, I love it. It gives me like this new energy when I come to school and when I leave school. Um, so I've done those types of things. I try to be more mindful, you know, about how I'm using energy in my own home. Mm -hmm. uh, but as we're talking about that, we've got these big bulb lights, you know, they're using a lot of energy mm -hmm. uh, if we would leave them on. So, you know, we obviously only turn them on when we need to. Um, I think we all can make a small positive impact. You know, I don't think our small positive impact can stop flooding from happening in mm -hmm. places around the world. I think those lower-lying communities are going to continue to be endangered based on what I'm seeing and reading about um, global climate change. But I think that, you know, if we all are mindful about our own practices in our daily lives, that we can have small impacts mm -hmm. to improve that. 
But to add on to the note about the um, low-lying communities, even if we stop um, carbon emissions today, the world will, as a matter of fact, continue to heat up mm -hmm. um, for a number of years. And so it might already be too late for a lot of those lower-lying um, communities across America and across the world. So we live in a great place in Columbus, Ohio. We at least have that going for us, right? Yeah, we're, we're six, uh, about 600 feet above sea level, so I guess we're pretty safe. Yeah, we're up on a hill a little bit, right? Because if you yeah. come up from the Scioto River, we're kind of up a little bit. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's disturbing to think about um, how the impact is already having this uh, massive effect and how it will continue even if we curb things and really pull things back. Um, and that's why I think it is really important for us to do what we can. But I'm an optimist, Dennis, mm -hmm. and probably an optimist to a fault. So I like to believe that humanity, as we're seeing these things happen, that we're realizing, hey, we all need to take small steps to make a change. That's not going to solve it. But if we realize, hey, we're going to start enacting these in our daily lives, maybe then we'll start calling on our elected officials, whether it be our student council representative or you know our local representative, uh, within our community or at the state level or beyond, right? And saying, hey, something needs to happen. Um, speaking of elected representatives, um, today we're filming on Monday, but tomorrow is Tuesday, which is the general election. Mm -hmm. Will you be voting, Mrs. Fountain? Absolutely. You better believe it. I will be voting. Yes, I'm a firm believer in... Um, doing that and so I will be there and my grandmother her mother was a big you know hey you know women have to be able to vote right so she was really in that movement my grandmother's always been like you gotta vote you know go to the League of Women Voters and find out about you know all the different candidates and all that and so yes I've been raised in a household where I am expected to get out there and vote however I may vote I've always been supported on that too through my family is vote however you want just get out there and do it mm -hmm. and, and of course we don't know the results yet um, however, at the time of the release of this episode, you guys will know the results. However, um, just to reiterate on the last episode, um, when I made the official presidential prediction, I will still call the House of Representatives for the Democrats by, by a slim margin, about 10 seats or so. I predict that the Senate will contain 52 Republicans and 48 Democrats, um, two of those Democrats being independents who caucus with the Democrats, Senator Bernie, Sander and, Bernie Sanders and Senator Angus King of Maine. Um, also, Sherrod Brown, he's quite up in the polls, and so I would also like to predict that he will keep his seat. Well, thank you for joining the conversation, Mrs. Fountain. Thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun, and I think it's awesome that you guys are all doing this. I think it's a great way to get a voice out there and share with the community. So thank you. Thank you. Um, major funding for the Fireside Cast has been provided by Serpent Cinematography, Thunderstruck Studios, Evolved Turtle Productions, Hyatt Studios, TV Productions, and the Combat Robot Kev Foundation, empowering robotics engineering since 2016. And from contributions from listeners like you. Thank you. 
If you'd like to have your name mentioned on an episode, please visit the Firesidecast's Patreon page. The link is in the description.